Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into the DC Power Play podcast with Drew and Sabir. I'm your host, Sabir, and you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at PleaseWinDC. And I'm joined today by my good friend and co-host, Drew Gallagher. How's it going, Drew? Great, Sabir. How you doing? How was your weekend? It's pretty well. Just watched some hockey, caught up on some things. Um, you want to let people know what your Twitter handle is as well? Sure. Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at... Well, Robostop 10. Okay, great. So as always, we're doing this podcast for uh, one of the up-and-coming sports websites in the district. It's called dmvsportsnetwork.com. Um, they are also on Twitter and can be followed at dmv underscore sn. Uh, the content on that website is really great. It has stuff um, about the Redskins, the Capitals, Nationals, Wizards. There's tennis content as well as fantasy football and other DC sports. So please be sure to check out that website um, and subscribe to our show wherever the podcasts are available. They, uh, this podcast will be on iTunes as well as some other um, podcast platforms. So let's get right into it, Drew. Um, last week, we started off uh, our podcast talking about Tom Wilson's suspension. Um, and so we've got kind of some new new news about that. Um, the guy in Nashville, Austin Watson, he also had a suspension, but his was reduced after his hearing this past week. So I guess the question is, do we think that Tom Wilson's suspension, which started off at 20 games, now it's down to 15 because we've played five games. Do we think that his suspension will get lowered at all his hearing is this Thursday. What do you think? Well, I know that he's um, he's agreed to appeal it, and Bettman has the uh, is going to get it first. Uh, now he has prior um, has reduced some uh, games before. I believe he he had done Rafi Torres from twenty five games to twenty one. Uh, so it's not un, un, unheard of for Gary to actually reduce uh, somebody's suspension. Uh, what, will he? I guess um, I think it's a 50-50 chance uh, he potentially could leave it uh, or he could reduce it. Um, but uh, I suspect that if he does not reduce it, that uh, Wilson will take the advantage of going to an arbitrator. I don't think it's anything to lose, uh, especially with Austin Watson's his suspension being reduced by an arbitrator. I think Wilson thinks that his odds are pretty good that the arbitrator uh, will reduce his. Uh, so that's where I think that it'll go uh, this week. Right. So so the um, arbitration will be on Thursday. And so at that point, the Caps will have uh, – he would have missed uh, six games. So he would have 14 games left on his suspension. Uh, my take is that I think they stick with what they dealt him just as a message. Um, I know they would receive a lot – if Bettman lowers it, he'll receive a lot of backlash for decreasing Wilson's suspension. So – I personally think um, it'll stick with the total 20-game suspension, but we'll see. Uh, these past couple Caps games, you've kind of missed Tom on that top line. Um, you're kind of seeing the role that he plays. Caps have been getting knocked around a little bit. You know, people have been messing with some of the Caps players because they don't have Tom Wilson, the enforcer there, to kind of keep tabs on all that. So it'll be interesting to see, but um, I won't be surprised if uh, – his his suspension does not get touched at all. Yeah, we'll have to, like I said, it's a kind of a wait and see mode here. So yeah. we'll see how what happens this week with it. Yep. All right. So let's get into the three games that happened this week. 
um, starting with Vegas, then New Jersey Devils, and then what we just watched last night, the Toronto game. So in the Vegas game, we basically saw what the Caps are. Um, They were fast. They were high energy. The passing was sharp, and the finishing was also very good. That's kind of what we are used to seeing at this point. Um, I think Holpe made some great saves in that game as well, almost becoming like getting in Vegas's head there. Now we've beaten them five times in a row, going back to the um, cup playoffs or uh, cup finals. And, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of good things to take away from that Vegas game, scoring on Flurry and all that. What do you think? Um, I thought their their game against Vegas was pretty pretty good. Um, their the one the one area of their game that I thought would see how it would begin the year without Beagle. Beagle was so great in the faceoff circle, um, and I think Nick Dowd has been um, has played well for for, for stepping in. Um, but there's over the first handful of games up to, to this point, there's their faceoff um, percentage has been lower. And actually to be expected, considering Beagle's not there. Um, But in the Vegas game, you know, they were pretty even with Vegas um, in the faceoff circle, which was which was evident. Um, You know, the best part about the game that night is they went two for four on the power play um, and they blocked they blocked 20 shots to Vegas's eight. Uh, And I think that they sold out in the defensive zone to to protect um, Holtby. And they really had the effort uh, all the way around in the game. And um, I thought they played well. Um, yeah. Obviously not as good as the Boston game. You know, Boston game was just domination. But uh, they just owned Vegas uh, from the start, I thought, and, and had a great third period. You know, they're getting three goals. Yeah, and to look at it from the other perspective, it looks like Vegas has kind of lost some of that magic from last year. Uh, kind of a weak start for them. Um, people now thinking – you know, will they even make the playoffs? It's obviously very early, but but yeah, Vegas on there and were they like one in three or something like that? Um, so, but anyway, that was a great game for the Caps. Um, but then the next night was the polar opposite. That was in New Jersey, the back to back game, and that was a six zero shutout. Um, in my eyes, that's kind of just like a throwaway game. Like that was our back to back, and that was. New Jersey's only second game in the season. They've been waiting for a week. That was their home opener. They were fired up. Um, doesn't make an excuse to lose 6-0. Um, in my eyes, the Caps should never really get shut out. Even if you're giving up a lot of goals, this offense should be able to score one a game, especially when you have power plays. So that was kind of the little thing that irked me a little bit was just not scoring a single goal. Um, but you could see the energy levels were a lot lower that game and New Jersey was like a step ahead the whole night, maybe even two steps ahead. And they're a solid team. I mean, it's not like there's some pushover. Um, but, but yeah, that game is something you just want to throw away the tape on that, right? Yeah, you know, another back-to-back. Um, I'm sure that the, the, the legs are feeling it early on. Uh, but even even with a back-to-back, the, their effort was, was lacking. Um, I think that the, the, the two best players all night were Verona, and Copley. And I think Copley kept it from being five or six, nothing in the first period. Um, he made some, some spectacular saves when the defense was leaving him out to dry. Um, you know, they, the caps overall were over four on the power play against Jersey. Um, and the one, and then of course, with, if you want to look at the, from the Vegas game to the next night, 
they only blocked eight shots to to Jersey's twenty. Mm. Um, so you know the the effort obviously was not was not there. Okay. Um, the worst part about that Vegas, about the Devils game uh, was in the faceoff circle. Um, you know we we just talked about that um, with with Vegas, but they only won thirty eight percent of their faceoffs uh, versus Jersey um, on Thursday night. So uh, they really kind of have to you know, kind of get uh, some of this stuff in order. And like yeah. I said, it's early. Like you said, it's early. Um, and they're in the feeling out period, I know, with, with personnel and stuff. But getting beat 60, you know, 62% to, to 38 in the dot against anybody um, is not is not going to bode well for your game. Yeah, yeah and that was um, a good point you made about Phoenix Copley. So that was his debut game for the Caps, um, first start in his career. And like you said, I mean, he, he – prevented the game from being 3-0 it could have been in the first 10 minutes for Jersey and he made some really good saves he was getting left out to dry we've seen that in the past sometimes even when Holpe's starting just I don't know the defense just doesn't show up or sometimes it's about getting chances on one end and then giving it up on the other that happens a lot but um, like you said the energy level was unacceptable the face-off dot not good enough um, and, you know, they just have to regroup. They're going to be seeing Jersey again in the season. That's a divisional opponent. So, um, you know, kind of Jersey sending a little message there. Um, maybe another aspect is the Caps have the target on their back this year, and that could have played into it as well. But, um, again, uh, Jersey isn't going away this year, and uh, that game, you just don't want to look at that again. We've done it to other teams, and it just – it hates. Yeah, you hate it when it happens to yourself. Um, so then we go to last night's game, which was really the marquee matchup out of the three most excited to watch versus Toronto Maple Leafs. And we lost four to two. I was, I watched that whole game, Drew. Um, it was pretty evenly matched the whole game. In the third period is when is when uh, Leafs took the lead three to two on a power play, kind of like a lucky deflection. Um, nothing Holpe could have done to really prevent that. Um, and then they get the fourth goal after a barrage of shots. Um, the Caps put on their goalie. Um, we don't get one, and then they get one the other way. It was Austin Matthews for his 10th. So um, that was a battle of the Goliaths there, and um, we lose on home ice. You don't see that very often. You also don't see two regulation losses in a row for the Caps, but – it happened. Um, what are some of your takes on that Toronto game? Yeah, I thought the um, I thought the game last night was pretty even. Uh, if you look statistically speaking, between the shots on goal and um, the faceoffs and power plays, um, they all were pretty even. Um, both teams were one for three. Um, both of them had three penalties. Um, the but the big takeaway that I what I watched last night um, and looking at the stats this morning was Toronto had 10 takeaways to the Caps 2, and for giveaways, Toronto only had one to the Caps 11. So as far as keeping control of the puck and maintaining possession and being responsible, they they were terrible last night. So overall, 21-3 to on the bad side of things um, with regards to puck management. Yeah. Uh, And with a team like Toronto, who's got that uh, the offensive upside, that's got the speed up front, you just, you can't do that. Um, You have to be responsible responsible make your make your correct pass uh, get out of the zone quick those sorts of things um and i thought in the third period uh is when it kind of really kind of got 
um, a little ugly with with the um, with puck management. Um, I thought the first couple periods were like, yeah, and we're real even. It, it was two two after two, um, and the third coming up, it was just going to be have to be more of the same the way they were playing. And they, I don't think they overall played uh, they like they did the first two periods. Yeah, I agree. And um, while it was even pretty much throughout the whole game, I think uh, that Toronto goalie Frederick Anderson really stole the game. Um, like we've seen Holpe do in the past, uh, we just couldn't get one past him in the third. Oshie had some great chances. Um, I just don't know how the Caps could didn't tie that up at three in the third, but so be it. Um, I think I thought we actually handled um, Toronto's top two lines pretty well. Uh, it was actually their death players that made the difference in that game. So, you know, you take it for what it is. We'll see them again. Um, Toronto certainly looks like maybe even a cup favorite this year with their roster. Um, but um, something I want to talk about a little bit is guys that have kind of disappointed so far for the Caps this year. And we're just five games in, but but I think Lars Eller, uh, Andre Burakovsky, and Brett Conley all need to step up. They're getting some chances, specifically Burakovsky and Conley, but they are not cashing in their goals like they need to be doing. Um, they're, they're missing point-blank chances. It looks like Burakovsky is just – he gets a hard wrister off, but it's always so wide of the goal. It's like, come on, man. And Eller himself as well, um, not as productive as he was last year. Um, and those depth players are just – you see how important they are. They were so important last year for the Caps to have success, but so far not much going on for them. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not little, I'm not so much concerned with Eller. Um, probably, maybe as you may be. Okay. Um, you know, Connolly's been moved for the first part of the year. Connolly's been playing up on the top line, and I think he's a little bit out of place up there. I thought Stevenson being added to the top line last night and proved dividend, provided dividends right away. I thought was better. Uh, I think he's a little bit faster. Um, I, I just think Connolly's out of place. Um, with Wilson gone, all the other lines are a little bit out of sync outside of the second line with um, with Verana, Backstrom, and Oshie. They're still together, but everything else is kind of out of sync. I think once Wilson comes back, everything kind of filters back to where it is, and I think they'll be more more stable. Um, but Burkowski is the, is is the one that I'm this is just um, I'm disappointed in. Yeah, um, he went through stretches last year. Um, not playing well, um, spoke of a sports psychologist for him. Um, through five games, he has three shots on goal, and he's averaging about 10 to 12 minutes of ice time. Mm. Um, so he had – in his first – his two shots came in opening night versus Boston, and his third shot came last night versus um, Toronto. Yeah, and it's not that he's not shooting. It's that they're not on goal, you know. It's either they're getting blocked or he's just shooting it wide. Um, Burkowski was one of the guys that I thought would have a breakout season this year um, just because coming off a cup, he had a decent year last year and now is the year for his breakthrough. You know, he's, he's old enough now he's got the experience and he's certainly got the skills. Um, so, I mean, they're going to show patience. I don't see uh, Todd Reardon taking him out of the lineup or anything like that, but um, just something to watch for the next games, you know, will it become, newsworthy like he's not producing at all or something like that so we'll have to see on that right well i i think so uh, you know reardon had stated uh previously um that he thought of himself having a bit of a longer leash for guys so i i you know if, if trotz was still the coach i suspect that burkowski might be 
drop to the fourth line or might even be sat in possibly after five games. Well, maybe not sat after five games, but I, I, I'm sure he would have lose some ice time. Yeah. Um, I think Reardon's going to kind of give him a chance to kind of work it out. Uh, but you know, like I said, Reardon's been on this staff for a few years. So uh, obviously now he's the head coach, but I mean, he's gone through the, the Burakovsky dry spell uh, before. Yeah. My thing with Burakovsky is I don't think he, he makes a decision late with what to do. I don't know if he's hesitant to shoot the puck. Uh, like last night he had, I think they had a two on one uh, and he kind of, he waited too long and the, and the, by the time he wanted to shoot it, it ended up being blocked. Right. Or if he had tried to pass it. it yeah. He, he just seems hesitant. Two on he one and he didn't get yeah. a pass or a shot. I remember, I know the exact play and that, that kind of prompted me to think about it again. It's like, you expect more from him. Um, did you want to say anything else about that? Uh, I, I just think that he's going to have to kind of step his game up because, uh, you know, I'm surprised really that they didn't try to move him in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I suspect that he's the one person that if you're going to have on the trading block, it's going to be him. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's a, I believe he's going to be a, either. I have to look again. Um, I believe he might be an RFA um, uh, this year. Um, but either way, um, if you want to get something for him, he'll have to be moved before the deadline. Yeah. And that, um, yeah. Especially with, especially with Shumakov, um, supposedly, you know, down, down in AHL and he could play, they believe he could play anywhere in the lineup. Um, he's going to need some seasoning on the North American game, but I'd be, he'd be the one that I'd look to that he might replace Burakovsky if that comes down to it. Yeah. And it's just such a in-between kind of feeling with Burakovsky because you can see his potential and what he can bring. You just look at game seven versus Tampa Bay in the mm-hmm. Eastern finals, um, two goals kind of on breakaways, um, but then he has the games where you don't even know if he played or not. Like, did did he even dress? Um, so, again, right. th- those are, like, some notes on the depth players. Like, we touched on Colin Lee and Burakovsky. Um, and, I mean, you just need them to produce because you can't rely on the top two lines all the time. Um, okay, just moving on, I-, I want you to take a guess. I don't know if you know this yet, but do you know who sits atop the Metro division right now? Uh, I do, okay. actually. Uh, that would be your Carolina Hurricanes yes. are sitting up there. Matter of fact, they are 4-0-1 currently and lead uh, over Columbus uh, at the moment with nine points. Yeah, nine points out of the possible ten. That's pretty impressive. I think they won in overtime yesterday. Um, yeah, they beat Minnesota in overtime. Uh, but, you know, Carolina, I think we talked about last year, was going to be one of those teams battling for the third spot in the Metro. Um, definitely at least a wild card spot. But right now they're really – you know, flexing their muscles um, five games in. But um, Caps right now sit fourth in the Metro. Still things mainly, I mean, New Jersey's only played two games. It's just crazy. But um, everyone else pretty much around four or five games played. Um, and just, just recapping the last three games, uh, last podcast, I made the prediction the Caps would go 2-0-1 uh, in that three-game set, but I was completely wrong. They went one and two, right? Yeah, one and two. So, yes. So, actually, I believe uh, the Pitts. Uh, actually, that would have been last week. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they are one and two over the last three. Right. Um, would you like to do the mid show blurb real quick? Sure. We can get that out of the way. Yeah. So, 
before we continue on, uh, I want to uh, remind everyone uh, to please check out our site, dmvsportsnetwork.com. And if you're at all interested in joining the writing staff or maybe even our podcast team, uh, don't hesitate to send a, a DM to at DMV underscore SN on Twitter. There's especially a need at this point for additional capitals and fantasy football podcasters and writers. So again, if you're interested, send a DM to at DMV underscore SN on Twitter and I'll get back to you. Yep. Um, maybe now we can talk about maybe superlatives. So yesterday, Austin Matthews scores his 10th goal already of the season. Is it possible that Alex Ovechkin does not win the Rockford Richard this year? Drew, please don't tell me it's possible. <laughs> I know we're so accustomed to seeing uh, Ovechkin lead the league in goals every year. Um, you know, I, it's, I would, it is certainly possible that Matthews wins the Rocket Richard this year the way he's playing right now, uh, barring any injury. Uh, their offense is just on fire at the moment, uh, first part of the year. Um, will it come back down to earth? It's, it's certainly possible. Uh, but they certainly, um, they remind me a little bit of Bruce Boudreaux's teams with the Capitals, the, yeah. the, the high-octane run-and-gun uh, scoring four, five, six goals a night. Uh, but they, they certainly are playing well uh, so far. And, and he has, shows no sign of slowing down so far that early on. So, I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past you that he could easily score 50 goals this year the way he's going. Yeah, and he's got a teammate that's also up there in goals with Tavares. So, you know, that Toronto roster offensively is stacked. So you wouldn't be surprised seeing maybe Matthews lead the way with 45, maybe in 50 goals this year. Um, I know the conversation has already started. I saw on Twitter uh, that now Matthews has surpassed McDavid as the better player, but I'm not, I'm not going on that yet. McDavid is still the best player. And if he had a team like surrounded with players like Toronto, I'd pick him as a cup favorite. That's how good McDavid is. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, McDavid is just, he had a, a great year uh, and I wouldn't sell him short either. Yeah. Um, so we can look ahead now to the cap schedule. They just played last night on Saturday. Um, we're recording today on Sunday. They don't play again until Wednesday. That's October 17th. And that'll be another home game. And this one will be against the Rangers. And then two nights later, they'll be home for the Florida Panthers. So uh, one Metro team and one Atlantic team there. Uh, Rangers has to be a must win. I mean, not, not must win like, like you win or you're out, but, but you can't fall to a team that's last in the division and and is and certainly in a rebuilding mode. So you got to expect a win there, especially after two losses as well for the Caps. And then that Panthers game, I think, is going to be really good on Friday night. Uh, we talked last podcast about the Panthers and how we think they'll bounce back from last year. Uh, so those are especially the Friday night game versus Florida, I think will be exciting. Yeah, you know, the Rangers are currently, you know, last in the Metro. As a matter of fact, Florida's last in the Atlantic Yeah. Um, as we sit here um, three games doing the played. podcast. So they've only played three games. Yeah. Um, you know, they're 0-2-1. Um, both games are winnable. Both games, um, the Capitals on paper should win. Uh, but as we say, we don't play them on paper. You actually play them on the ice. So yeah. they're going to have to show up and, and play the way that they're supposed to play. Um, they're going to have to be defensively sound. They're going to have to be responsible. They're going to have to take advantage of their chances when they get them. Um, you know, if they can get both these wins this week, 
you know, you're looking at being at nine points, uh, potentially being four, two and one and back up towards the top of the division again, um, you know, with Carolina and Pittsburgh and Columbus. So uh, I think these games are, are, are big games that they have to have early on because they're winnable. Um, and I think that they can win them. They just got to make sure that they um, are, are available to be uh, being smart yeah. and playing hard. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. The one thing you can't do is overlook any opponent uh, in the NHL. So I'm sure they won't, but after two regulation losses, they need to take their anger out on uh, on the Rangers there. Um, and then after those two games starts the kind of road trip in Canada, starting in Vancouver. Um, so that'll, that'll be, that'll kind of wrap up the October month. It'll be Vancouver, then Oilers, then Calgary. Uh, so a chance to win all of them, honestly, if you can put five wins together, that'll put you in really good shape heading into the next month. Um, as I look at the schedule, it certainly gets tougher. Um, next month you, you play Dallas, you play Pittsburgh, Columbus, Winnipeg. So, so get your, however they say, you know, harvest your nuts early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides that, is there anything else you want to touch on um, before we wrap up the podcast? Um, I noticed that uh, the one the one thing I noticed that uh, one game from the other night, and I I can't remember uh, off the top of my head who the who Minnesota was playing, but Minnesota was getting do- just dominated. I don't know if it was Edmonton. I have to look back at the schedule, but. Um, they they've had a really really rough beginning um, to their year. Currently, they're sitting last in the Central mm-hmm. after four games. Um, they're one one and two. Uh, but I mean, I think their last game they played. Matter of fact, they played last night uh, against Carolina. Yep. And took them to overtime. Uh, and I think the, it was five four. So uh, it's it's real interesting from, from their standpoint is that just, they haven't had a real, a real good start. And I'm just curious on if that continues, what, um, you know, Boudreaux's um, job status yeah. looks like, you know, um, you know, he's you know, coming back from Anaheim, um, you know, from, and anyway, from Washington, Anaheim to, to the wild. I don't know how much, you know, their ownership will be pleased to see, you know, them on the losing end um, of games as they come up. Cause you know, they've got, they got Nashville coming up. Um, I think their next three games or four games are Nashville, Arizona, Dallas, Tampa Bay, and then LA. So they've got pre no, really no breaks outside of Arizona uh, the next five games. Um, because I suspect if they end up going, if they go zero and five, I, I just don't see how Boudreaux lasts before you know the dreaded Thanksgiving break. Yeah, so Minnesota to me has always been one of those middle of the pack teams. While they make the playoffs kind of regularly under Boudreaux, it's always pretty much one and done. I don't, I don't think they have the firepower to really keep up with the Western teams. Um, you know, the top Western teams, but you're right. Boudreaux's seat, I believe, will start to get pretty hot. Um, it's just too much of the same. They haven't really made any steps forward during his tenure. 
The roster is good. The goalie is decent. Really, I only get to see the Wild when the Caps play them, and I think we handle them pretty much every game. While the games are close, um, I don't think anyone is too scared of Minnesota. Um, But, yeah, like you said, they have a tough stretch of games coming up. So that's definitely an interesting West team to watch um, as they, yeah, they sit at at the bottom of their division right now. Um, Nashville is the top of that central division. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. Chicago Blackhawks seem to be playing better. So they're bouncing back from their uh, terrible year last year. Um, Surprisingly, Winnipeg is towards the bottom, but it's still early. They've only played four games. Um, Anaheim is pretty good. They're 3-1-1 with seven points atop the Pacific Division. Um, I think Edmonton being towards the bottom of that division is a bit of, I don't know if it's a surprise, but you want that team. I mean, I want that team to at least step up because I want to see McDavid in the playoffs. He's just must-watch TV. Um, so, yeah, that, that's good to touch on the West a bit, and we can do that um, again next pod as, as the games get played. Um, but besides that, I think we had a good wrap. Um, is there anything else on the caps you want to touch on or you think we're good there? I think we're good. Okay. All right. So that'll, uh, that'll about do it for us here. I hope you enjoyed our show. Um, if you did, please subscribe uh, wherever the podcasts are available. Again, you can find it on, on iTunes. Um, our show title is um, the DC power play and um, please leave us a review as well. If you have the chance again, this is Sabir. You can find me on Twitter um, at please win DC and Drew, you can find him at RoboStop10. Um, don't forget to check out our, our website, dmvsportsnetwork.com, and follow them on Twitter as well, at dmv underscore sn. And again, if you want to join the team or write for the um, network, please send them a direct message. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Everyone have a good weekend. Bye.